Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I encourage you to seek the advice of a physician, a DO, or an MD with any concerns or questions you have about your symptoms or medical conditions. Hello everyone, personal update. I have one more residency interview to do which is going to be the day after this podcast episode is released. So I am so close to the end. February is when the rank lists open up. So I am focusing right now on reflecting on my interviews and making sure that I have the order of the programs in all of the places that I interviewed in my order of preference so that I can submit that and they use my list and then also each of the programs make their own list about which applicants they want and so that is all paired together in a really fancy algorithm that will decide where I'm going to be the next few years and so I'm not going to know the results of that until about the middle of March but I'm really excited for this process It's really getting near the end. All of the work that I've put in really over the whole course of medical school is finally coming to the point where I'm going to be graduating in May and then also starting residency. It's all so, so exciting. I also wanted to mention this is still very much in the works, but I wanted to at least mention it to get on your radar if you are a medical student. I am going to be offering my services to review CVs and resumes. So this is good for medical students in any year. If you're applying to different leadership positions or research opportunities, and then especially for third-year students right now with applying to away rotations, a lot of places will require you to submit your CV. So you want to make sure that that looks really professional. And I've noticed that a lot of CV services are not specific to medical school and the ones that are usually charge you like $400 to review your CV like per edit. So if you want them to look it over twice then it's like $800. So I am going to try to offer up my services since I do have professional experience being a paid writer and a paid editor from my undergrad and then into my gap year uh, before medical school. So I'm going to be charging a fee, but it's definitely a lot more reasonable than the other competitors that I see out there. So I do not have my postings up yet, but I'm going to share more information about this very soon, like soon as in this week, hopefully, if everything goes the way it should be. 
but you will definitely be hearing updates as soon as this episode comes out. And if you're listening to this episode a lot later than when it came out, these services are probably already available. So make sure you're looking at my website and my social media platforms and you will be able to get more information. And in the future, I'm probably going to offer services with looking at personal statements for third year into fourth year students and also looking at ERAS applications and making sure that those look good. And really what what this comes down to is not just fixing grammar mistakes and spelling mistakes, but it's looking at content quality as well. And so I'm going to not only make small edits here and there, but I'm going to put a lot of effort into giving you suggestions to really make you a competitive applicant. It's obviously something I'm really passionate about with helping other medical students. I have a ton of podcast episodes. You can go back and listen to them that talk about different topics within medical school, but I'm really excited in the few weeks and months to come to have a little bit more content about how to make your application strong and then also offering this service alongside it um, as a paid service to really individualize that experience because I really wish I had the help that I'm offering and I was really just in your shoes a year or two ago so it's really fresh in my mind and I know what things are like now and what programs are looking for now instead of a lot of these sites are run by physicians who are years or even decades removed from that experience. So I don't know if they can offer quite the same insight into how to make you a competitive applicant. And certainly I've done really well this cycle. I think it will add more legitimacy when I can say that I have officially matched, hopefully at my top program. But I can definitely say that I've gotten a more than sufficient number of interview invites this year that I ended up turning quite a few down because I just didn't have enough time in my schedule to do all of them. And certainly I've had a lot of underclassmen ask me for advice and they have seemed to really benefit a lot from it. So it's something that I want to go a little bit broader with and I want to offer up some of this help to those who are not really in my personal circle and maybe don't go to the same medical school as me, but I can still offer offer to help and definitely at a more affordable rate than a lot of these different businesses are charging. So I'm really excited to unveil all of this, so more info to come. Before getting into this week's episode, I just wanted to say that The previous episode from last week is going to be a good one to listen to. In that one, it's also about headaches, but it is about the signs and symptoms of tension headaches and migraine headaches and how to differentiate between the two. I also talk about some of the triggers for each and also some red flags to watch out for 
for when your headache might be more serious and you would want to see a doctor. So first I'm going to start with tension headaches and this episode I'm talking a little bit more about the treatment for headaches. So again, most of you are going to have tension headaches at one time or another. It comprises about 80% of all headaches. So if you do have a headache, chances are they're probably a tension headache unless you have a significant history of migraines. Then for you, migraines might be more common. But tension headaches are definitely worth focusing a lot on since they're so common. So the treatment for tension headaches and how to approach these headaches is one, to avoid the triggers. And I talked about this a little bit in last episode, but just to review and then also give tips for each one. One of the major stressors is stress. So if that is a trigger for you, something you can do is look for ways to reduce stress. And that is really going to depend on you personally. There is a lot of things that you can do to reduce stress from more physical things like taking a warm bath or even exercising to more mental things like journaling and then there might be more spiritual things like reading the bible or praying and a major part of reducing stress is to have some relaxation added to your day whatever that means to you and then also just alleviating the stressors in your life and if you have a whole lot on your plate than maybe trying to remove some of the responsibilities or delegating to other people could be stress relieving for you. So another trigger for tension headaches is depression and anxiety especially, but really any mental health problem that you might have. So really focusing on your mental health will be really beneficial if you have tension headaches. A few things that you can do for that A lot of it is reducing stress, but also involving yourself in therapy and taking medications if you do have a major mental health problem that would warrant medication. So you want to make sure that you see your primary care physician, whether that's a DO or an MD, and they might eventually refer you to a psychiatrist, but many doctors feel comfortable with prescribing you with medications that would help you if that is right for you. Another trigger is poor sleep and fatigue. So if you have noticed that this is a trigger for your headaches, then working on sleep hygiene is going to be a major thing to focus on. I have an entire episode on sleep hygiene. It's episode 23. So I'm not going to focus too much right now on sharing those tips, but just a really easy one to do is having a regular sleep schedule, making sure that you're waking up at the same time every day or close to the same time and going to bed at the same time or close to the same time. And then the last trigger that I think is important is having poor posture or having neck strain. So for this, It's important to be mindful about your posture, to maybe set a reminder on your phone every hour or so to check your posture and make sure you're sitting straight in your chair and that your shoulders are pushed back and your head is not slumped forward, that it is 
uh, nice and even over your shoulders. And just small tweaks like that can make a di big difference because some of that poor posture can cause headaches to come on. And if you notice that it does seem like your pain starts in your neck and then becomes a headache, you can do some strength training to especially focus on your shoulder muscles so that they can add more support. And then you can also do stretches to stretch your neck to make sure that your, your muscles, your ligaments, and your cervical spine are working and functioning as they should and that you have really good homeostasis in your body. If it really gets to the point that you're trying some of these things and you're still struggling, then something like osteopathic manipulative technique can be really efficacious with neck pain and neck strain. So if there is a DO in your area who practices OMM or OMT, then they can definitely help you. They can do manipulative techniques on you and then also teach you some additional stretches. And if uh, a DO that practices OMM or OMT isn't in your area, you can always go to any doctor and ask for a physical therapist referral and they can also help you with your neck pain. Their focus is a little bit more on prescribing you exercises to do and stretches to do uh, that you can do with them during the sessions, and then you can do home exercises as well. So it's a little bit different, but can be effective. So another thing for tension headaches, and you'll notice that almost none of what I've said so far has involved medication. I will get to that, but I think it's really helpful to try all of these things first and to really get at the root cause of what's causing your headaches and to acknowledge that and attack your headaches from that angle first before just numbing the pain with medications, which is a quick fix. So another thing that I would recommend is some lifestyle modifications that can help a lot of people with tension headaches, especially if you're not the healthiest person. So that really comes into play with weight management. So if you are not in the healthy BMI range, then either losing weight or gaining weight and just maintaining a healthy weight can help with tension headaches. Another thing is no matter what your weight is like, incorporating a healthy diet and consistent exercise throughout the week can be really beneficial. So I've had previous episodes talking about what a healthy diet really is, but if you're looking for somewhere to start, I always recommend the Mediterranean diet or something similar to that. So it's really everything that you already probably think of with a healthy diet. So a lot of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, healthy fats, lean proteins, and minimum sugar. So that's a really good place to start with all of those things. And for exercise, the recommendation for everyone is 30 minutes of exercise five times a week. And if you are completely new to exercise, walking is great exercise. Walking counts as exercise. And so does things that are a little bit more gentle like yoga and some strength training. You don't have to necessarily buy a gym membership to incorporate exercise into your day. There's a lot out there as far as home exercises that involve 
minimum equipment, if any. So now, finally, getting to some medications. So let's say you're working on all of these things that I've mentioned so far, but those things really take time. So what are you going to do in the meantime? And what are you going to do if some of these things don't work or they work to lessen the pain, but the pain is still there? You're probably going to turn to over-the-counter medications usually for tension headaches. A medication that is appropriate for this is NSAIDs. Uh, so those are things like ibuprofen, which the some of the name brands for ibuprofen are Advil and Motrin. So these are ones that you can get over the counter. And it's probably ones that you're kind of using already if you have tension headaches. It's ones that are often marketed for headaches. Aspirin is another one that is commonly used. And then acetaminophen, also known as Tylenol, can also be used for when a headache comes on and you want something that can alleviate that headache. Just while we're talking about this, I'll just say that if you have a child that has a headache, you can give them ibuprofen, but it is not recommended that you give them any aspirin. And it's really a lot better if you can find ibuprofen that's specifically marketed towards use in children because it will have a specific child dose, so you don't really have to think too much about it. Of course, if your doctor has ever told you that you shouldn't take certain medication, then definitely listen to those recommendations. And if you're really not sure if something is allowed with whatever chronic conditions you have, make sure you ask your doctor before even starting things over the counter. And for anything over the counter, it really helps to read the bottle to make sure that you're taking the correct dose. Don't just assume that you can take one tablet or two tablets. Make sure you read it and also read what it recommends for how often to dose. And a lot of times they will say what the maximum daily dose should be. So make sure you're not going over that. If you are getting close to that maximum amount or you're taking these medications on a daily basis, that can cause a lot of harm. So over-the-counter medications, you know, don't require a doctor to prescribe them, but it doesn't mean that they are without their side effects or long-term complications. So you should definitely not be using any of these medications on a daily basis without a doctor supervising you, definitely. Um, so if you are finding that you're using these medications a lot more than you think is normal, if it's not just uh, every now and then having a headache and taking a medication, then you want to talk to a doctor about it. And your primary care physician is totally appropriate for that. So someone that is board certified in family medicine or internal medicine, and they're going to have a DO or an MD. So you can ask that physician to recommend something that is specific to you. If you have frequent episodic or you have chronic, then your doctor might consider starting you on prophylactic therapy, which is medication that you would take every day to prevent headaches from coming on. So instead of treating it with Motrin every time you have a headache, there would be a medication that you would just take every morning or every night and 
Hopefully that will reduce the number of headaches that you even have and then reduce the amount of Motrin or whatever you're taking. So one one of those is amitriptyline, uh, which is a tricyclic antidepressant. So it's actually originally meant to treat depression, but with like a lot of other medications that help with depression, they often have a lot of other things that they help with. So amitriptyline and other tricyclic antidepressants can help with tension headaches prophylactically. So that is one that would be prescribed by your doctor. So you would have to make sure that, you know, if you think you would benefit from having a medication that would prevent these headaches from even happening, if they're affecting your life so much that you think you would benefit from that, then that's something that that your doctor might prescribe for you. So it's important here that I, none of what I mentioned involved opioids. So opioids don't really help with that. And also, you don't want to be on opioids long-term ever um, because of how addictive they might be. So you have to make sure that if your doctor is ever prescribing you opioids for tension headaches, then maybe you should seek a second opinion here because that is really not a good idea. You don't want to be taking opioids daily and you don't want to be taking them for a long period of time. So next, moving on to migraine headaches. So this is going to start out pretty similar to tension headaches, so I can kind of breeze through a lot of this. So first of all, let's try to avoid triggers for the migraine headaches. Like tension headaches, migraine headaches can be triggered by stress and poor sleep. Sometimes people will notice that their migraines are triggered by exertion. So if that is you, then make sure you take it easy when you feel like you might have a headache coming on or one is starting. Sometimes people notice that their migraines are triggered by certain foods. So it's important to keep a food diary and identify which foods are triggering your migraines. So for some people that could be chocolate or cheese, processed meats, dairy products, even citrus fruits. Another trigger could be alcohol or nicotine. So for that, if you don't have a use disorder, if you're not struggling with addiction, then you can simply try to reduce your use. If you notice every time I have alcohol, then I notice that I have a migraine the next day. So you can simply just try to avoid that alcohol intake. But if your habit is an issue for you, if you're a daily cigarette smoker, for example, you probably want to talk to your doctor about quitting. They can offer medications to help with cravings and for nicotine addiction in particular. There's a lot of nicotine replacement products like patches, gums, lozenges. There are also a lot of treatments for alcohol use disorder and other ways that your doctor can get you plugged in into treatment. Um, so, I have an episode, it's episode 16, talks a little bit more about alcohol use disorder. And for some people, their migraines are triggered by fasting and dehydration. So if that's you, you want to be mindful about your intake of both food and water. Intermittent fasting probably is not a good choice for you, among other reasons. And for other people, migraines can be triggered by light and loud noises. And so for that, 
sometimes it's hard to eliminate those things entirely, but just being mindful that those can be triggers for you can help you to limit your exposure. And like tension headaches, migraines can benefit from lifestyle modifications like diet, exercise, and weight management. So moving on to some of the medications for migraines. So there, there are a lot of options here. So if you have mild to moderate migraines, you can still use ibuprofen. Brand names are Advil, Motrin. You can use aspirin. You can use acetaminophen, also known as Tylenol. Or you can use combination medications that include caffeine as an ingredient. So an example of that is Excedrin, which is made up of Tylenol, aspirin, and caffeine. I have seen that work really well in a lot of patients that I've seen. And I'll just take a minute to say this. It's common to over-medicate with over-the-counter medications. Make sure that you read the bottle and see the recommended dosing and pay attention to the max you should have in a given day. You always want to be taking the least amount that you can treat your headache adequately. There's no use in using twice the dose that you need when half of that dose would have the same effect. And just because something is over-the-counter doesn't mean it is without side effects and long-term complications. So I just want to say that again for migraine headaches. And if you have more severe migraines, your doctor can prescribe you with a triptan, such as sumatriptan. What's important to know about these, your, your doctor will be aware of this, so they'll make sure that you're not on anything that could interact with a triptan, but triptans are known to interact with SSRIs and some antibiotics, and it also really shouldn't be taken if you have hypertension, and it shouldn't be taken if you have some heart and vessel conditions. So your doctor will assess you for all of these things before starting you on a triptan. Then there's also prophylactic medication for migraines. Usually doctors are going to recommend that you're on one of these medications if you have chronic migraines. So some medications that are used are actually anticonvulsants. So they're actually anti-seizure medications that they have also found can really benefit people with migraines. So one of them is topiramate and the brand name for that is Topamax. And another one is Valproate and the brand name for that is Depakote. Another medication that can be used for prophylaxis is beta blockers like propranolol, metoprolol, and timolol. Again, tricyclic antidepressants can be used for prophylaxis also in migraines. An example of that is amitriptyline. And lastly, calcium channel blockers can be used as a prophylaxis for migraines. There's also other, other options for migraines. I've been seeing a lot of commercials lately about Botox. You may have seen other commercials that have drugs that have an ending with UMAB, so U-M-A-B is the ending. Those are monoclonal antibodies. Those are usually a lot pricier, so usually those are not the first-line medications, but those certainly are options as well for migraines, especially if you don't respond to other medications. Then there's other things too. 
such as uh, acupuncture, cognitive behavioral therapy, and some biofeedback can be options that are not medication, but can certainly help or supplement the treatment of your migraines. Let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. So I hope that this episode was informative as far as sharing with you a lot of different treatment options for tension headaches and migraine headaches. So just to reiterate, uh, none of this is supposed to be taken as medical advice. It's just for educational purposes. So if you have a medical question or are wondering what this information means for you specifically, make sure you bring it up at your next doctor's appointment and also make sure especially if you have chronic medical conditions that you are consulting your doctor if you want to try new medication even if it's just over the counter. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.